0: TV party
1: tonight. Oh, we got nothing better to do than watch TV and have a couple of brews. Don't wanna talk about
0: anything else.
1: We don't wanna know.
0: We're dedicated here to
1: our favorite shows. Oh my tickets! Everybody
0: watch your photo! Scary dog. an at Blurgeball! Good evening, you are listening to a Rattelage and Broadcasting Premier Podcast TV party tonight. I'm your host, the mandated reporter, and frankly, I'm mortified, Mr. Mark Rattledge. And tonight, our favorite show is Green Eggs and Ham, Sam I Am, brought to you by the good people at, actually, Green Eggs and Ham, the second serving, brought to you by the good people at Gulfstream Pictures, a stern talking to... (laughs) A stern talking to a very good production, Warner Brothers Animation and Netflix. Uh, Green Eggs and Ham is, is an American animated comedy adventure streaming television series based on the 1960s Dr. Seuss book of the same title. The initial miniseries premiered on November 8th, 2019 on Netflix and received critical acclaim for its animation, humor, story and voice acting. We reviewed this when it came out. You can check that in the archives. December plug. 20- plug. December 2019, Netflix ordered a sequel miniseries, which doubles as season two, Green Eggs and Ham, the aforementioned second serving, which was released April 8th, 2022, and is a loose adaptation of The Butter Battle Book. And joining me as she does with all things animated is
1: Alexis Haina from Honeysuckle Rose Creations. How do you do, madame? Doing good. Nothing like going from a story about the importance of trying new things to a story about the dangers of escalating arms races.
0: Yeah, I thought that was a really, really good theme for children. For, oh, absolutely. For which the show is aimed. You know, uh, mutually assured destruction, sharing is caring. That's the kind of thing you get in kindergarten, if I remember correctly.
1: Yeah. <laughs> At least they changed the name from in the book. It's uh, the final weapon is actually called the Itzy Bitsy Big Boy Boomeru. <laughs> so, now it's the Mulaka Moo.
0: Yeah, and every time every time Adam Devine said the Mulaka Moo, I I wanted to just start doing doo-wop. like, he was just like <laughs> we we, we got to get the Mulaka Moo, baby, Doop, Anywho, um, me and my me and my brothers are out there on the corner doing duop around the uh, around the garbage can with the fire in it. You know what I mean? Ooh, the mellow men, watch out! <laughs> that's that's right. So tell me about the butter battle book. Um, you were t- saying before we started tonight that you've read it. Uh, that's a thing for you
1: is actually one of my favorite original dr sue stories from when i was a kid it also had a tv special that was made by ralph Bakshi of all people if you can believe it wow it's one of the few uh dr sue specials from that time period that was not made by either chuck jones or uh patty freeling uh chuck jones of course did uh the uh horton hears a who and how the grinch stole christmas patty freeling did the lorax and dr seuss on the loose and all those classic bits Mm -hmm. so it's it's a different animation style but it's a really great story and yes it is about the cold war uh you have these two countries yuki and Zukiya, separated by a wall and the only difference is that the way they butter their toast the Ukes butter their bread, butter side up the Zooks, butter side down. But that is enough to start this massive cold war. And the story is told to a, a grandson uh by a man who is a, a guard at the wall. Mm-hmm. And it talks about how every time... Uh, the chief Yukaroo gave him a new weapon to use against the Zooks. The Zooks either had a retaliation or they had the exact same weapon. And it ends with uh, this Yuk getting what's called the itsy bitsy big boy Boomeru. It's basically a pocket sized nuclear bomb. Gotcha. And all the, uh, and and he's told go, it's like run to the wall like a nice little man and drop this bomb on the Zooks just as fast as you can. So he goes to the wall. His grandson's there at the wall, and he's shows him he's going to what he's going to do. And there's been this other Zook who has mm-hmm. always been the one he, who's retaliated against him. And he comes off the wall and he's got an it'sy bitsy big boy boomeroo And it the book ends with these the Yuk and the Zook both standing on the wall holding their bombs. at -hmm. uh, at each other, and the grandson is watching all of this, and and what's like, grandpa, be careful, easy. Oh, gee who's gonna drop it, will you or will he? And the you goes, be patient, we'll see. And it ends with the end question mark.
0: Interesting. So I didn't know that. I didn't know about any of that when I was watching this. I just thought they invented a wholly new plot for season two because the first one was so popular. Uh, but it's interesting that this is pretty much derived exactly from the butter battle book. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I do find that interesting that, you know, Dr. Zeus was like, we have to talk about the Cold War. We have to talk about mutually assured destruction. But we but my audience is children. So, ha- ha, you know, and, and I do find it. I don't know if he just if he, if in his opinion, the differences between the Soviet Union and America at the time were so ridiculous That he was like, it might as well be between buttering bread side up or side down. Or it was I have to take a incredibly complex concept here and reduce it to something a child may understand.
1: Well, you got to remember, Dr. Seuss actually got his start doing uh, propaganda uh, political cartoons. Mm -hmm. I actually have a book of his World War II cartoons. It's one of my favorite uh, books in my library, especially when you realize just how many of those could still be used today.
0: Oh, for sure
1: you know it's just like it's like wow that, that doesn't look too different i think my favorite one is his i think the biggest thing he hated was the u.s's indifference to the war in europe because let's face it if you're a world war ii star and you know it took a while for america to actually try to get involved we have it,
0: a we had a long history of disengagement i want to say um uh, I can't remember which president it was, but they were, but a lot of presidents won a lot of elections on the idea of, let, you know, we'll take this half of the world, Europe, Africa, and Asia can do its own thing, and we'll be protected by the Atlantic Ocean, and then in, in, in the face in what you're talking about, in the face of World War II, us going, I mean... As you were about to say, we let a lot of stuff go it, it, it and we worked for both sides. I don't know if people know that we were selling technology to the Germans during all of that um, and some other things. There was a lot of, like I said, neutrality and working both sides up until the Japanese attacked us. And then it was like, well, <laughs> you know, I guess we need to get involved now. And, and yeah, there were, there were a good portion of people that thought we should have gotten involved a lot earlier than we did.
1: Yeah, there was this. Oh God, I'm trying to remember. There's this one cartoon where it shows uh, a salesman selling ostrich hats, mm-hmm. so you could bury your head in the ground and ignore everything around you. And then there's another one with a grandmother reading. I, I think it's the Three Little Pigs. I, I, it's some, it's one some sort of fairy tale. And then as, but those, cho- but the pigs were European, so we don't care. <laughs> So, Dr. Seuss has a history of mm-hmm. stuff like this. I mean, if you actually analyze a lot of his books, there's a theme to a lot of them that kids aren't going to get. You know, but, I mean, but adults, you read them and it's mm-hmm. like, no, there's there's a plot to this. There's a reason for this. And I, I think you- that's one of the reasons I love him so much.
0: So, my dad's in his 70s now, uh, which, you know, tells you how old he was when all of this stuff was new and i remember growing up as a kid my dad had certain catchphrases one of which was i'm the god of hellfire and you're gonna burn baby burn which was popular amongst my friends but um the the, the other one tells this you a is the this.
1: man who we brought in to listen to us <laughs> discuss looney tunes meets dc huh
0: uh-huh um yes and on the trivia show where he knew none of the answers <laughs> despite having watched all of the cartoons in any case um one of the things that he used to say came from Dr. Zeus and it was Horton. Here's a who, and it was something along the lines of an elephant faithful, you know, 100%. I, I said what I meant and I meant what I what said. I said and an
1: I, elephant's faithful. One hundred. I said what I, I meant what I said. And I said what I meant. An elephant's faithful. One hundred percent.
0: And it spoke to my dad's uh, sort of value of honesty and make keeping true to your commitments. That if you say you're going to do something, you know, you need to do it. And if you say something, you need to mean it. Um, For the which,
1: record, that's actually from Horton hatches, the egg. Oh, was okay. Mm-hmm.
0: Either way. Um, I had both as a kid and he read them both to me as a child. Oh,
1: they're both I, I should add, it's actually on my bucket list to have a complete library of Dr. Seuss's work. It's including the th- ones th- that, that are now banned. My
0: thinker, huh? <laughs> including the ones that are now banned?
1: Oh, well, I've got a copy and to think that I saw it on Mulberry Street.
0: Okay. Is
1: that now... Efficient? It's part of those... It's one of those larger collections that's got yeah. multiples in it. Because that was considered a staple of Seuss for a very long time.
0: Back when... Um, and we'll transition to the show shortly. But um, we we discussed that on, I think, A Damn You Hollywood during one of the news segments, didn't we? About uh, the Dr. Seuss Corporation was... Whatever it's called. Was no longer... They, they weren't banning the books. But they thought that there was a handful of books they thought were problematic and not worth... Not worth the time of getting into it with select groups that tend to protest these sort of things. And so they were just going to stop printing certain books. And one of them was what I learned on Mulberry Street or whatever the name of it's called. And there was a couple of others.
1: Yeah, it's not so much that they're problematic. It's more that a handful of them have illustrations that are no longer PC. Yeah. Dr. Seuss did live in another time period. And yeah, Mulberry Street has a Chinaman eating food with a with with sticks and so my- he's got the 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 hat and the mm-hmm. squinty eyes so
0: did you have all the ones that are now out of that are now no longer being printed is my question
1: not all of them okay but i've got but it, but the mulberry street one i believe is one of the most popular ones people like to bitch about because yeah it's it's just the chinaman mm-hmm. you know and i'm <laughs> using that with giant air quotes i don't <laughs> use that term
0: are you talking about chinese chinaman alexis I, I don't even know if you know that reference, and I do it all the time. Um, I stole that from uh, Andrew Dice Clay. Of course you did. <laughs> have, have you heard, Have you ever heard his 42 long bit? No. Okay. So Andrew Dice Clay walks into it. For, when I'm done here, go right into the next thing. Go right into your article that you wanted to talk about. But I have to now tell you about Andrew Dice Clay. So Andrew Dice Clay, uh, in, his, in his bit, goes into a tailor shop, and he goes, Hey, I walk into this tailor shop, and there's this uh, Chinese uh, Chinaman. and and he's like you want suit and he says yeah 42 long and so the guy looks at him he goes 40 no 42 long you can see where this is going right (laughs) that sounds like
1: a very old monty python bit honestly (laughs) it
0: really does i it cracks me up every time i hear it and i'll still do like the 42 long thing but mostly i just stole the this this here chinese chinaman uh, every time Robert and I have discussed the Chinese movie market, uh, that's that, that, that's the first words out of my mouth. But hey, I hear there's rumblings on Netflix.
1: There are, unfortunately. Doing a little research, I was trying to find out if we're going to get a Green Eggs and Ham season three. But while I do still have my fingers crossed for it, it was just revealed that the Netflix... Netflix animation department uh, specifically the kids and family space and Netflix animation has been gutted uh Phil Rinda, whose official title is Netflix's director of creative leadership and development for original animation was let go this last week along with several of his staff
0: interesting
1: yeah I'm not finding a major reason Uh, other then it is common news uh, for those who follow this kind of thing. Netflix's stock plummeted more than 30% in subscriber and revenue loss after its first quarter earnings report, which is a serious drop. Among other things that Netflix has announced is the... um, uh, cracking down on password sharing, mm-hmm. uh, they think this is a major reason why it's gone down so badly. Is that people have real, you know, they've realized that they're not getting new subscribers, we're just, you know, giving our password to our parents, basically. So,
0: I'm wondering how much of this is, I mean, for them to have gone after the family and children center, I'm wondering if there's just not enough of a draw there anymore. They have a serious competitor in that particular space with Disney, and so I look at like my kids. Yeah, my kids watch a lot of anime. They're 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 both getting into the tween age. I have an eight and an eleven year old. Um, a lot of the Netflix stuff is things they might not have ever heard of or are interested in. They're either going to go to where the anime is. The anime is on Crunchyroll or Hulu. Some of it's on Netflix, but not all of it. Um, and then they know Disney, and then what, what they what whatever else is out there. DreamWorks, Peacock. Paramount
1: Plus, and Nickelodeon.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. So there's other places to go for for more well-known children content and I'm wondering if now Netflix is feeling the pinch and that's what and that's why they decided like this it, it isn't I'm wondering if it's half we have the money we'll just spend a, on a well-known entity instead of trying to create new things or if it's the, just their whole children section just isn't drawing like it once was.
1: I think the thing I'm most upset about this is that there's been an animated series that they've been wanting to do for ages. It was confirmed a while back. It's based on, okay, what's the name of the author who did this? I want to make sure I got it right. Uh, Jeff, Smith comic, Jeff Smith's comic book, Bone.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Are you familiar with Vakely. Bone?
0: Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Bone, the comic
1: yeah uh they first announced in 2019 they were going to do an animated series based on the book which mm-hmm. i was really excited about because i love bone i have the complete series uh that's just been announced they're canceling it wow it, it's, it, I, I, pre-production apparently got pushed back massively due to the end of the world in 2020 mm-hmm. and yeah i guess they were still trying to get it off the stage they've also they were i guess going to do uh several role doll based projects and they were doing an adaptation of his story, The Twits, which mm-hmm. I'm a huge Roald Dahl fan, but I'm not 100% familiar with that that's also uh, been cut. Uh, for some reason, they're still going with Boss Baby. I don't know why.
0: Because, I, again, that has, that has an audience. Like I, I think even... I think even when when they did the last Boss Baby movie and it was day and date on Peacock, it still did pretty well. Like people went to the theater to, like in the middle of in the middle of the uh, virus of unknown name from un, uh, from unknown origin and all of that, people were still taking their kids to go see uh, family movies, and the Boss Baby was a big hit. My kids love the Boss Baby, and like they're they can be a little cynical at times. Like they, you know, like I've, I've trained them up on movies such that where they do have for children some discernible taste and they think the boss baby is freaking hysterical so it's got an audience
1: so yeah it's just kind of depressing and <laughs> it does leave green eggs and ham in the lurch this is an amazing series mm-hmm. probably one of the best things to have dr seuss's name attached to it to come out in recent years you know well, compared if you're, to
0: so well, if, the- comp- if you're comparing it to some of the live action stuff boy is that a low bar to clear
1: I'm comparing it to the animated movies too. I'm I remember, sorry, I can't stand what they did with Benedict Cumberbatch as the Grinch.
0: Oh, that, are you talking about that last Grinch movie where he, where it's like a little Grinchy child? I, Robert and I reviewed that. I think we, I think that one we had a good time with. I remember my children really liking it. I thought you were going to say the Lorax.
1: I'm not a fan of that one either. I was going
0: to say I don't know anyone that likes the Lorax, including children. <laughs>
1: So I remember taking my aunt to see that, and I li- and literally I walked out saying, "Huh, I didn't know that the uh, op- that Operation Wall Street had a co-writing credit on this." Talking
0: didn't about mean occupation.
1: to make you do a spit take there.
0: Talking about Occupy Wall Street.
1: Yeah. What did I say? Operation. Oh, wrong O word. Yes, <laughs> Occupy Wall Street. I,
0: I do it all the time. You are forgiven, madam. All right. Um, let's get into the actual Green Eggs and Ham here. The plot of this thing is. We've got a couple of things going on and we'll tackle them one at a time. I'm not going episode by episode, as people know, just kind of a general 45 ish minute conversation here. Uh, we have Sam and his mom. That was the stinger at the end of season one, where, uh, he thought his mother was the one cooking the green eggs and ham at the diner. And it's, it sets him off on a journey to find his mother because he had been given up, uh, for adoption or something, some such thing. then we have the butter battle stuff. Um, which is Yuki and Zukiya, we have Guy and the child, who I can't EB. remember the child, EB. Uh, they go off on an adventure by themselves. Uh, they get caught between these two warring factions. There's a lot of stuff with that uh, that kind of ebbs and flows over the season. But that's their own story. And that even gets subdivided into EB meeting uh, Romeo from across the wall and, and them having a, a Romeo and Juliet kind of a thing going on um and guy who was working for the government of i think it's yukia yeah uh, okay whichever one it is and him now having like split loyalties you know um and then working towards sort of an understanding of hey between <laughs> whatever side you're buttering your bread on there's no need to fight that is the whole theme there was um i can't remember what if any was the third plot line to this or was that all of it
1: uh, okay let's see here so yeah we got sam going off with of that uh we got guy with his inventions we got eb with luca mm-hmm. uh there is the last minute plot edition of michelle uh oh, who's who,
0: pregnant in this yes yes
1: uh, apparently guy and michelle got married very fast like you do <laughs> and uh i guess whatever species they are go through pregnancy very fast because <laughs> i think she says like i'm in my third week mester. <laughs> Something and, like that, and then it's like, so this baby could come at any time. So, can we,
0: can we just start there? This is a look, every family handles childbirth, um, and the birds and the bees, so to speak, differently with their children at different ages. This is obviously like a Y7 show, I believe, is the rating. Oh, undoubtedly, um, are, did it strike you as odd that they just straight up addressed like pregnancy in this show the way that they did? I mean, it wasn't like oh. Ov- totally overt but she's not pregnant in the first season obviously they've obviously gotten together there's some degree of implication i'm like i i'm the parent that brought his that, that lets his kids watch scream so i'm not that guy but i can but considering there are parents abandoning disney left and right because god forbid a child have her period in a cartoon um i'm wondering if this struck a chord with people and they were like, no, 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 no implication of nothing in my children's programming. What did you think about that?
1: I've seen far worse on some Disney cartoons. You know, they don't go into a lot with her being pregnant. Hell, I mm-hmm. actually kind of like how they started up that you have the narrator. Keegan Michael Key, I think, is the glue that holds this show together. Not my- that anything else is like horrible, but mm-hmm. his narration just makes everything so much better my
0: son completely agrees with you he thinks and he didn't know that, that was michael keegan key but he did say he was like whoever this narrator is he's the best part of the show
1: i it, it really he's the part that just makes everything better i love it there's so many bits that had me in hysterics you have him getting mad at the other narrator when they when they go to the museum and the mm-hmm. and they're they're watching a presentation so it's another narrator and he's just like you're stealing my job <laughs> um you have you know and yeah we have this bit where he's talking about let's see what michelle is up to she's going to the doctor yay okay and then at the <laughs> end it's like she's expecting a baby we missed all the signs yes we you were bored too
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of fourth wall breaking with the narrator in this, which, is, which I think is funny.
1: Absolutely. Not to mention he reads everything with such a passion. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't come across as like, he, 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 you would imagine this guy in the recording booth jumping up and down, just getting so excited while he's reading. And it, it and almost, really adds to was it. Was it
0: LeVar Burton that took over picture pages recently or, or I see he did some, it had that vibe though of love. Like when you're an actor and you get, you get to take over something you got to see as a child. I don't remember if it was picture pages or if it was something else, reading rainbow maybe, but I remember LeVar Burton taking over something from when I was a child, and him had just having this the kind of exuberance that you're referring to. And Michael Keegan key, key is the same thing here, where it's just like, who would have thought in, in any part of his career he got to do anything related to Dr. Zeus? And obviously, Dr. Zeus resonates with people oh, sure. in and about our age. So when someone gives you that opportunity to do a gig, yeah, he brings to it an energy that I, I don't necessarily see in some other stuff. Like you could see, you could see his giddiness or hear mm-hmm. his giddiness in it
1: and that's part of the fun we mm-hmm. love hearing how excited he is we love how hearing how much he's getting into this you know hell there's a part where he talks about how tired he is because he's been following uh eb and luca who have stayed up all night together mm-hmm. touring yukia and he mentions about how tired he is but then there's a sudden plot twist and he's like Okay, I'm in for a long night. <laughs> it just, he's like, okay, I'm not going to bed.
0: <laughs> we talked about with the first season, how do you, how do you take green eggs and ham, which is, you know, like a lot of Dr. Seuss books, it, it sort of teaches you like rhyme scheme. Like, yes, there's the theme of trying new things, but Dr. Seuss is pr- progressively, in terms of language, they add a word here, it rhymes with another word, and then it just builds and builds and builds. And finally, he's like, fuck it, I'll eat the eggs. Um, you know, <laughs> and then that's it. It's over. And like, how do you make a... Because se- I remember even my kids asking at the time, because I used to read Green Eggs to them all the time. As a matter of fact, oh. we go in our archives, there's an audio version of me dramatically reading Green Eggs and Ham to Jesse. Have you not heard it? I remember
1: this? this. Okay,
0: yeah. I We, we, we were going to do a series of these. We only ended up doing the one. But uh, yeah, I used to dramatically read Green Eggs and Ham to my kids. And when I told them about the series back then, they were like, how do you make a series out of this? And they successfully did it. They they, they turned it into a road picture. Um and they, they would draw from certain elements of the progressive language. But that was it. That was the whole show. So when they were like another season of this, I'm like, what are they going to do? And I guess the point that I'm getting to is this isn't this is Green Eggs and Ham in name only now. Like they're committed to the name because that that's what brings you back to watch it again. But boy, did this have nothing to do with Green Eggs and Ham. Not a thing.
1: Yeah, the only part of Green Eggs and Ham that continues this, first in the first episode, the fact that they're following the egg recipe, Mm -hmm. uh, the green eggs. So they're like, okay, this is our only clue, this farm, where the green eggs came from, because Sam is convinced they taste exactly like the eggs his mother did. And then you have a continuing story arc where what Sam wants more than anything, now that he's found his mother, is for her to make him Green Eggs and Ham, like when he was an infant, Mm -hmm. and i would say at least once per episode we get a mention of him saying it's like okay so what's on dinner mom maybe green eggs and ham or something like that Mm -hmm. and and it is kind of cute and it is satisfying when he finally gets it and it's really sweet at the end when he makes it for his mother but for the most part it has nothing to do with the original story again they've incorporated now the butter battle book yeah which is a lot of fun and apparently somebody had way too much fun coming up with the episode titles because every <laughs> single episode title is a parody of a James Bond movie. Not only that, but they strangely work. It's like, yes. it's, you, you have one called on her, on her. It's like, well, you have guy fall and it's Hang like, on. yeah, that's the episode where guy okay. gets in trouble.
0: Let's go through these one by one. We have the mom identity, uh, Tinker, Taylor, mother, spy, Golden guy. <laughs> Three days of the mom door. To Yukio with love is fucking fantastic. <laughs> you only mom twice, because of course you do. Guy Fall. That's the one you were just talking about. The Sam who came in from the cold on her. T- <laughs> I didn't even realize this. Like I, I was, like I said, I was like half watching, half distracted. You were probably
1: hitting the skip mm-hmm. intro button after the first episode. Yeah, too. My, my
0: son couldn't take it, and he wouldn't yeah. have gotten any of these jokes. I got to ask what, I'm though, these. what
1: did you think of the James Bond song that starts the episodes? I'm
0: gonna I'm gonna get there in a second. Her okay. Duke, Her secret service, and the mom
1: who loved me. Aww, Oh, Lexis Aina. aww. Alexis, aww. <laughs> but again, if you actually you know remember what goes on the episodes Mm -hmm. they make sense Mm -hmm. you know for example the you only mom twice which is hilarious that's the one where they land on what is essentially dr seuss's bermuda triangle Mm -hmm. and they find that the younger the further they go into the island they get younger so you have this beyond adorable sequence when they're fleeing Mm -hmm. out of off the island and sam has turned into a baby at the Mm -hmm. center of the island and as they're fleeing he's getting older and pam his mother is reliving all the things she missed out on him as he gets older his first word his first steps uh you know getting to ride a bike for the first time it's it's so cute but it's like you only mom twice she's mom twice it's it's so fitting
0: Um, You asked me, what did I think? And and we can transition into Sam talking fully about Sam and his mom and that whole story arc. But uh, so it opens with the mom and you don't know it's the mom at the time. You think it's Sam. That's what the narrator is alluding to. And then, oh, no, it's not Sam. Um, And she's doing like spy ninja stuff. And I remember my son's reaction to this. He was like, what does this have to do with green eggs and ham? I mean, we're going to find out. But it's a fair point like where if you're coming into this cold, you're like, what does this have to do with anything? Um, I want to talk specifically about some of the how things develop over the season, the 10 episodes with Sam and his mom, because there's a lot of first we have to establish that first they have to get them together. Then we have to establish why she broke away from him. Then they force them together as Sam is trying to get you know his validation from her. You know he's trying to get her to accept him back into her life and she's you know a big tough lady who don't need no child um and you know she is committed to the spy game and you know and so there's a lot of rough ups and downs between the two of them and then finally they form a bond and then at the end he makes her green eggs and ham and she likes them and that legitimately brought a tear to my eye like for whatever the reasons were that resonated with me it was a very sweet moment in the show and very satisfying um that first little bit where the problem with the Sam character is I think he works, but he's also really annoying and it, his like one defining character trait is persistence. So the whole first season, it's getting guy to try green eggs and ham, which makes sense because that's how he is in the book. This one, it's mom, why don't you love me? And he's like messing things up along the way and it. In a way, it's following the trope of that kind of character. But, I, you know, and then the other part of it is I don't know how much I love Adam Devine anymore. Or Devine, however you pronounce his name, like he gets grating. It didn't I I might have mentioned this even in the first season review, where like after a while, I feel like they just beat that horse to death. And between the actors, just vocal work and the characterization, you want Sam to succeed because he's the hero of the story next to Guy. On the other hand, you want to beat him senseless because he's the most annoying thing ever.
1: Yes, and no. His other characteristic trait is that Sam sees the best in everything and everyone. He is eternally optimistic. And we see a lot of that in the first season, and that it tends to pay, uh, pay off for him. Mm-hmm. Having this sunny side look like a sunny side eggs. <laughs> Shoot me. I, I got you. <laughs> thank you you're welcome (laughs) you know has always benefited him and i think that's part of the reason why i loved him so much in the first season Mm -hmm. is i just it's impossible to watch some of the things he does and not have a smile on your face it's it's a contagious enjoyment
0: i think because i'm so steeped in film and television Mm -hmm. criticism I couldn't. It was hard. It was a little difficult for me to break away from the tropiness of it. Um, you're basically
1: saying you're just you've you you're just too negative. You're, you're just you. <laughs> oh, you're I'm grumpy, too negative. <laughs> you're the grumpy old man in the mountains, and you don't want them painted.
0: How about they didn't do enough with it to differentiate itself from the natural trope? Okay,
1: um, I'll give you that.
0: Thank you. Um, it, it it felt like they leaned on it a little too much, and I'm like, all right, we get it. Like, get to the next thing, then let's move this on. There's other stuff happening in the show. I I have like I wanted Sam to succeed. I wanted Sam and his mother to be together. And I and I was satisfied when it happened. That's what I said a few minutes ago. Mm -hmm. But the but the way they got there was a little grating. And I'm glad they were like I much preferred the stuff with Luca and EB to everything else happening in the show. And by the same token, I have the same issues with the mom. Where, you know, the mom's like, I, I can't remember what the exact thing is, but it's like, I want to be a spy. I'm going to be a spy. This is too dangerous for to be dragging an infant around. So I let somebody else raise you because I ultimately wanted to keep you safe. Uh Uh-huh. I've heard that one before a million other times. And I was listening to Robert and I, um, we just recently re-aired the Madagascar review and Robert complained about the tropiness of one of the Madagascar movies. And I said back to him and I'm like, it's children's movie. Number one. Number two, there's only so many stories in the naked universe. You're going to you're going to hear repeats. And all of that's true. Um, The difference is the fine art of relying on tropes is to differentiate them enough so that you, you almost don't notice it unless you really examine these things or or you do notice it. But it's so good you don't care. I'm not entirely sure they were tremendously successful with Sam and her mother. It felt a little rote to me. Not that it was bad; it just, again, it was like I've seen all this before. They're doing and saying the exact same things characters in this kind of plot thread uh, would do in this kind of story. And then now you're all that you're left with is the natural charisma of the characters and the voice acting. And even then, while I like, you know, it's it's fine. I don't love it enough to get tremendously excited. I want to see who plays the mom and okay, Patricia Patricia Clarkson, Clarkson, great actress. Yeah, she's great. Um, she has been in uh the last couple of things she's she's done a crap ton of things.
1: Yeah. So she her, has a very long uh filmography.
0: Yeah. So she's in. She said, or coming out later this year, which is a like a political movie. Um, something I'm really interested in. As a matter of fact, she was in in 2018. She was in a bunch of crap. She was in Out of Blue, Delirium, Jonathan, Maze Runner, um, some TV that she's done recently. State of the Union. She was in ten episodes. Uh, she did, did some voice work in American Experience. She has a couple eight episodes of Sharp Objects, and she's in a bunch of episodes of House of Cards. So you I probably mostly, just, I mostly she, know
1: her from uh, Six Feet Under. She had a recurring okay. role in there, and she played Robert Downey Jr.'s wife in uh, Good Night and Good Luck.
0: Seems like she has she has a fair amount of voice work here. Mm-hmm. She's she's a narrator in American Masters. Um, she's uh, a narrator in something called Nature. Uh, I don't she does say- have a very
1: nice, calming voice. She w- does. She would work well for narration.
0: Um, and and I don't disagree with that at all. But it also isn't particularly distinctive. Like if I like if I didn't look it up, I wouldn't have known any of that. Like some some characters, I know that voice. Like Michael Michael Douglas in this, I still very much hear Michael Douglas when he's voicing Guy, and he does a great job with it. Um, here it's like she has a very sweet, nice mother voice, and her and Adam Devine have perfectly nice chemistry together. But it, it didn't get to another level for me where I could, you know, just unabashedly shower it with joyful criticism. I'm um, still like, nah, it's fine
1: fair enough but thankfully we have the other plot devices to uh move us along and we- they're really engaging like you mentioned we have luca and eb yes. uh luca's voiced by darren chris of glee fame mm-hmm. uh the most recent thing he's been on i think that we reviewed uh he is the voice of raphael in batman versus the ninja turtles
0: hold that thought and- because I want to get into all of this and I want you to let, let you finish your point. But before we do, because we're about the halfway point now, I want to talk about Grammarly. Grammarly's AI Powered pro- If I don't do it, I'll never, I'll never get these ad reads in. For you listeners of TV Party, Grammarly is offering a free download of the Grammarly software. Grammarly's AI Powered products help people communicate more effectively. Grammarly helps write mistake free on Gmail, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and nearly anywhere else you write on the web. Grammarly corrects hundreds of grammar, punctuation, spelling mistakes while we'll also catching contextual errors Improving your vocabulary and suggesting style improvements To download Grammarly today, go to getgramly.com Slash W2M network Again, that's getgramly.com slash W2M network To download Grammarly for free Back to you on Mr. Luca
1: I hate to say it, I think if Dr. Seuss had tried to write with Grammarly Grammarly would have just exploded <laughs>
0: <laughs> Grammarly would have said, "Just does not compute
1: Grammarly just said, ah, oh, screw this Poof! <laughs> <laughs> Uh no so yeah we have Darren Chris voice Raphael in the Ninja Turtles and also uh was the uh he played the caretaker in uh, Muppets Haunted Mansion that we reviewed uh, yes. last okay. year mm-hmm. yeah so he's uh, done a lot of I I actually didn't realize how much voice work he's done pulled mm-hmm. him up on Wikipedia he has got such a huge uh resume of doing voice work very impressive he has a very very clear distinctive voice that's really nice mm-hmm. I like it. And I love the character of Luca. He is the son of the Duke, Duca Duka, and Dukas. He is the son of the Duca. So he's basically mm-hmm. the Prince of Yukia for a lack of other terms. And I will say he has a very interesting character arc, but it's, I think it's also just a little rushed. Mm-hmm. Uh, we find him when EB uh, goes to the top of the wall, even though she's not supposed to, and they meet, and she later m- comes across him again. He takes her into Yukia.
0: Yep, he shows and- her a whole new world on the- his magic carpet. <laughs>
1: what? What happened? Can you add a soundbite of somebody getting slapped?
0: Um, maybe. Hang on. I'm it the happened. horse. <laughs> <laughs> you may continue now. <laughs>
1: He just dismantled whatever I was going to say <laughs> with the fucking horse. Congratulations. <laughs> You're welcome.
0: Anyway, he takes he takes Eb e- around uh, Yukia, um, and yeah. sh- and and then there he doesn't know that she's that she's from Zukiya, so he thinks she's just a hot girl, and he's like, I want to show you all my things. Uh, I'd like to bring you to my house and show you my etchings.
1: It's and... weird, though, because she's not from Zookia. She's from right. Glurfsburg. She's living in Zookia right now. And there's mm. a strong possibility that they're going to move there because Guy has been offered a job. And the Duke is even so impressed with Michelle's painting. She, I... Oh, my God. Watching that, I was just like, wow, I wish getting a job was that easy. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's 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 an awful shame that we try to convince children getting a job in the arts will pay anything or be easy, yeah, based on no, television.
1: It is really funny. She's like, you know, I'm looking for new royal portrait artists, and the portrait artist who's currently working is like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> that was so funny. And but yeah, I do feel his arc is a little rushed. Mm-hmm. So the second night, the night that he's showing her around, they stumble into the um, it's a museum,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: they see. Uh, an exhibit that's okay this actually puzzled me because it's an exhibit that's been under construction for ages no one's gone behind the curtain and looked at it and it's about how yuki and Zukiya was once ukiya mm-hmm. and they literally separated because of the the bread because the butter side thing mm-hmm. they just could not agree on it so they started and then it was like nobody knows who threw the first shot but it's been, you know, butter chaos ever since. And Luke is just like, everything I've been taught is a lie. And I'm like, we've known you for le- literally less than 24 hours. And I understand, you know, it's like, we got to get this going. And it's only 10 episodes. So we can't do a lot of it. But I felt like just all of a sudden coming to the whole, everything's a lie. It's like, we don't know enough about you to know what you were taught.
0: Yeah, they didn't, they didn't dress the table enough. Before they pull the tablecloth and knock the table over, so it's like okay, it's like you know, like mid table setting and you knocked it over, and it's like Mm -hmm. I don't have enough emotional investment to react the way you're trying to get me to react here.
1: Exactly. Um, I I actually
0: think that's a pretty brilliant point. Maybe a little less time with the James Bond villain who offers nothing. I mean, it's a sight gag and there's some voice gag work you know he he says things in a very funny way but i didn't get i don't i didn't need as much mom and sam doing spy shit um and and having like an indiana jones where uh i can't remember the villain's name anymore
1: philip trousers
0: uh just kept like taking you know if you remember like the, the the big joke about indiana jones is every time he gets he he finds an art, an, an artifact whatever villains in the movie takes it from him every single time. Um, and They kept doing that here. It was like every time mom and Sam had, you know, had a victory, the rug was taken out from under him and maybe give some of that time back to Luca so that when bad things happen to him, we, we react the way we're supposed to other than, okay. Also, again, you spend so much time getting to know the other people that I, I don't know, you know, the, the sudden realization they're all the same people, they're all in the same gang, doesn't quite hit the note that it's supposed to for me. Because you already knew they were halfway decent people to begin with. So
1: mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, okay. And again, if you've read the book, mm-hmm. or you know the, the story of the Butterball, then yeah, you know that's the point. The mm-hmm. idea is that the Ukes and the Zooks literally only have one difference.
0: Yeah. Um. I love I, I I my favorite part of the show is that was Luca and Evie, um, doing their Aladdin routine. <laughs> I I they were cute together. The voice actors I think had a lot of chemistry. Um, <laughs> Luca's look is this? just You're younger than I am. I don't know how much how you you hang around with people even younger than us. But the half curtain hair in front of your eyes is that that is that what is that the hotness? Is that what the girls like?
1: It's an emo thing.
0: Okay, and is emo still popular, says the old man? I don't know. (laughs) I don't don't understand.
1: I'm a Comic-Con vendor, okay? I know what's popular in pop culture, not teenagers. Look, man, I'm having enough trouble that some Korean pop star is releasing a new album literally called Dice, and I follow on Instagram, hashtag Dice, because Mm. I sell Dice jewelry, but now my Instagram feed is flooded with pictures of this kid that I don't know who the hell he is.
0: Like, I'm from the eighties and the early nineties. I'm all metal, and we beat the emo kids up in the mosh pit if they ever showed up. I don't, and now and so we, I don't understand. <laughs>
1: like, yeah, and then they started buying all the grunge CDs and the eighties band art and the eighties artists. All of a sudden, really, they had no one to play to. Go check out our uh, review of Pam and Tommy.
0: <laughs> so, what I'm hearing from you is, yes, the, the the very least, the emo look is popular amongst the children.
1: Yeah i do love how they keep joking about how he has just dreamy soulful eyes when he's got the same black eyes as everyone <laughs>
0: else. it's a very girl thing though isn't it you know line 10 guys up they all look the same but whatever whatever one clicked with you is the most important most prettiest one there naturally of course
1: now they they really do have great chemistry we have a great scene of them going to a water park or the mm-hmm. aquatic center as they call it with some heavily trippy animation that I know yeah. the animators had f- fun making really cool stuff you, they're in a freaking ra- they go to a wave pool and then they go mm. to a rave pool and it's <laughs> it's so fun it's funny it's colorful you got mm-hmm. great music playing in the background it's a lot of fun
0: it is it was a, it's a really great part of the season um I, it kept reminding me of like the way Patton Oswald describes like the German pipes in the, the German pipes in Germany the uh the pipe work in Germany and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um so I uh, I really I enjoyed it though. It you're right, it's very colorful, very almost like psychedelic. Yeah. Um that that does bleed into sort of the greater narrative between uh Yuki and zukia I it was I understand it's a direct it, it's a direct take from the book and I understand you've got to keep it simple. You can't get into um well you see on you 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 see Soviet Union is going into Afghanistan as a proxy for you know like you can't get into all of that in a children's show it has to be relatively simple i just even a simple concept like buttering your bread side up or buttering it side down has to mean something there has you know you you're, you're asking the audience to just accept it on its face This is the reason. Don't think about it. It is what it is. I just feel like better storytelling is, well, when you butter it side up, X, Y, Z happens. And, you know, and that's why we all, that is why we went with this. This, You know, this is why we all went with this religion of butter side up bread. But, ah, but buttering it side down means, X, you know, one, two, three. And that is why we all went in this direction. And that is why we accept Christ as our savior. Like, you got to give me more than just this is what split us up. You know, I, I just... It, it felt like they said we're going to keep it thin. They'll just have to accept that it's thin, and this will rest on the personalities of the characters.
1: Well, what did you again, think? that that is the book. That is they they it's that is literally the butter battle book. I also think they did a really good job of. Okay, if you have never read the book or saw the Ralph Bashy uh, animated special. Mm-hmm. I genuinely like how they manage to hide, even though you, you probably see it coming. I do like how they try to hide, you know, what's wrong with Yukia, according to the Zooks. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, I think it was a smart idea, actually, to have them start with the Zooks as the book takes place with the Yukes. Okay. And it kind of villainizes the Zooks a little bit. So I think having the Zooks be the starting off characters was a smart choice. Sorry,
0: every time you say that, I just think it's like gangs from Greece. <laughs> we have the T-Birds and the Zooks. Hey, Danny Zuko! Oh, he's part of the Zooks, and his T bird. Thank you for that.
1: <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> um, and I love how they. The, it's a little. It's kind of fun to actually see how they mm-hmm. work the idea of the propaganda. Yeah. Into this, you have the film that the uh the the secret police. <laughs> I I don't know what else to call them.
0: <laughs> the Gestapo
1: yeah the zook gestapo literally <laughs> shows eb and guy a propaganda film about the evil of the yukes and they and this, this woman takes them on a tour and shows them the zookian aquatic mm-hmm. center which is cool and she's caught and she's quickly adding and but don't worry about the but the yukian one's just a hole filled that they a hole in the ground they fill with a hose and mm-hmm. You know, I kind of like this idea that they don't actually know what's on the other side of the wall. Right. But the propaganda is so strong Mm -hmm. that they have no reason to think it's anything else.
0: It, It does remind me of any time, especially like in the 80s and the early 90s, whenever you got whenever Americans got exposed to like Russian culture or vice versa, there was always, oh, my God, you have this here, too. You have this thing that we have. That's amazing because we all thought you were like, you know, alien (laughs) Borg or something like there was. I remember not even Russia. I remember a trip to London. Now, you've lived in England for a period of time. I don't know if you've experienced this. Um, I remember talking to somebody like teenage kid. I think he might have been our waiter at a restaurant that we were at. um, And he was like, we thought all your all American high schools were like saved by the Bell." Mind you, this is at a period where there are like metal detectors to protect us from the gun violence <laughs> going on in American schools. But sure, Saved by the Bell. was like, really? Um, you know, and then you get enough exposure as an American to British culture and you're like, holy crap, like I would have never have thought any of these things existed or they had them here. I thought it was, you know, alien, uh, just known to America, but alien everywhere else. It's like, no, there's more similarities in the human experience than people, I think, realize or are willing to acknowledge and that is the lesson of the butter battle book is we may live in different places but we are more similar than we are dissimilar um at a certain level uh i've kind of run out of things i desperately wanted to talk about the guy stuff didn't the guy stuff was fine i i i think the only thing about guy is his relationship to eb they have a very sweet relationship i I have not ever had the experience of having stepchildren but I have known many a stepdad and it is extra work to try to get over the hump of getting into a child's life after they've had a, uh, a breaking up of their family or an absence of a parent. There's always a, a healthy dose of, depending on the age of the child, a healthy dose of skepticism, you know, and then there's a boundary of like, well, how much of a parent am I supposed to be to this child? And it's, it's not easy. It's a lot to juggle. And I think the show speaks to that. Like, Guy is trying to be there for EB, trying to be her stepdad. And EB is trying to let him be her stepdad. But they have the the Luca yukazukiya conflict. They have Guy, you know. Just, just imagine in real life, you've taken on a family. You're a stepdad. You're moving. And you have a new job. It's a, In a lot of ways, this, this show is very smartly written
1: not to mention they do point this out guy becomes smitten with zuki because we have a there's the running joke is still there that everything he invents explodes and and i do love some of the it was like i gotta go hon. my lab assistant's on fire
0: (laughs) which is what happens in the world
1: naturally (laughs) uh and evie points out to him he said the only reason you like zuki is because the you know they don't mind that your inventions explode but there is something to that we followed guy in the previous season we know mm-hmm. that he has been struggling with acceptance that's kind of his whole character arc in the sad, first season sad,
0: sad man special with spoon
1: yeah exactly Oat oh, mush and you really do feel for him that it's like yeah even though his inventions are exploding they still want him around right. you find out later it's because his inventions explode that they've essentially won him to make a bomb but that's
0: brilliant and I I want to explain why if you look at the natural course of human invention a lot of stuff either was created for the purposes of killing a lot of people or accidentally created something like I think like this I don't think if I remember correctly reading about the history of the atom bomb I don't think anyone knew its destructive uh potential until they'd done it like the splitting of the atom was just something scientists wanted to do. They were like, let's there's this thing that exists in, you know, in the universe. Let's cut it open and see what it does. Oh, it kills a lot of people. Oops. (laughs) And then somebody comes along and says that thing that kills a lot of people. We can, that's very valuable. We can use that. Here's money. Um,
1: It also, that, that does also work well into the book Mm -hmm. because originally, uh, the first thing, okay, the first invention that uh, the, the Yukes try to use on the Zooks is mm-hmm. the uh, the triple sling jigger, <laughs> which will throw, I guess, rocks.
0: <laughs> that sounds like a drink you'd buy in a New
1: Orleans bar. And half of Dr. Seuss's work doesn't? Fair point. <laughs> and, but then the Zooks come back with the Jigger Rock Snatch-Em. Which is basically what Guy invent. Don't even make that gesture. <laughs> no, it's Dr. Seuss. Hand down. Which is what Guy invents that attracts the Dukas' attention. It's not designed to, uh, you know... Hang on, if atta- you say enough
0: Dr. Shit stuff in a row, you sound like you're having a seizure. I just want to point that out. <laughs> like, like. So anyway, the jigger walk in the back is just him what the fuck? Did you die?
1: What happened? <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, but, uh, <laughs> the jigger rock snatch him, flings the rocks back, and that's what guy invents. But then, as it continues, they start the zooks start making less defensive stuff and more offensive stuff. Yeah. So and again, that's a parallel. To the uh, the. the the escalating arms race that we saw during the cold war originally it was we need to protect ourselves let's make a defensive weapon but now then it quickly turns into as the ducus says the best defense is a good offense side note rita moreno as the ducus where did they dig that up
0: she's so good i know because she used to be on oz she's just a great actress in general
1: yeah We got her. We got Hector Elizondo as the uh, Duke. Uh, I didn't realize until I
0: read until I was preparing the podcast and I was looking at the cast list. I was like, they got Hector Elizondo on here. Holy crap.
1: No, they have a really good cast list and credit to Jillian Bell's agent for the fact that she is in three episodes in this whole thing. And yet she's still got a pretty, her name still shows up pretty early in the credits.
0: All right. Anything else you want to talk about before we close out for the evening?
1: Well, again, we don't know if we're going to get a season three. It hasn't Mm -hmm. been announced and Netflix has clearly realized they got to, you know, find money somewhere else because, Mm -hmm. you know, they're getting tired of us all saying it's like, no, I don't need to subscribe. I got a password from my third cousin twice removed.
0: Or I just don't need Netflix anymore. I only have X amount of time to watch television. The world is opening up again. I can go out and be among the people. Um, So I'm not going to sit home and watch this crap all the time. Or I can, or like, I have a Disney Plus subscription, good enough.
1: Yeah, it's like, why do I need Netflix? I've got Disney Plus, I've got Hulu, I got Paramount Plus, I got Peacock, I got HBO Max. Yeah, I hate to admit it. I think the main thing I have Netflix for now uh, is Stranger Things.
0: Right, which is coming up in its fourth season, if I remember correctly. Look, there's still fourth and final. There's still plenty. I don't. I don't want to do another hour on this because we could. But I mean, there's still plenty of decent content on Netflix. But again, you know, if you look, you and I are steeped in um, at the very least entertainment culture for one reason or another, this podcast, you're selling jewelry, my just general interest in this. Most humans are passive television watchers at best. They have a thing they like that they watch with their partner um, or their children or a thing they put on for their children. And that's kind of it. They don't think about it. You know, there, there are people that will come up to me at work, like, have you checked out this new show on Hulu? And it like, it was like three years old, you know, <laughs> something along those lines. And so I think, you know, once, once the streaming uh, war started and people could find stuff that was easily digestible and entertaining, um, out there besides Netflix, I think there there became a question of do I need the service anymore? Is there anything on here? I can live with I can live without. And I think for most people, they did they, they, the calculus was Yeah, I probably don't need this anymore. Also, there's a lot of stuff on Netflix that hit big. A lot of people watched it. Red Notice being one of them. Um, a couple of other things. I think like the Adam project was like the most watched re- thing recently when it came out. But they've also but they've but even though it was highly watched. A lot of people didn't like it, like Red Notice sucks. <laughs> you know, There's been a couple of situations with Netflix where everybody on Earth watched it, saw it sucked and was probably like, why do I keep doing this to myself? Maybe Netflix isn't that great anymore. We, we might be on the downside of like, you know, prestige Netflix. Content Ad- adjacent to that. The, you have the power of the dog, which was a you know best picture nominee, you know, and won all these different Oscars for a variety of things. How many people actually watched it?
1: I tried to watch it and I couldn't get through it. It is a, it's a good movie. Yeah. It is a really good movie. I'm not going to sit there and go, it's like, I couldn't get through it because it sucked. No, it's just very difficult to watch.
0: It's very slow and very whispery.
1: (laughs) And very negative. Yeah. There's, there's not a lot of things that really make you want to watch it. It's very, it's a tough pill to swallow. (laughs)
0: um (laughs) again what What? i didn't say nothing especially for the people who think that it's on traditional audio
1: so and again i hate to admit it netflix we have netflix and it's probably Mm. the least amount one that i watch most of the time i've got disney plus on in the background or i've Mm -hmm. got hbo max on in the background yeah
0: all right um anything real quick anything else about greetings and if not we're gonna uh talk about music
1: if we get a third season i want the Sneeches.
0: Isn't the Sneeches the Lorax? No. What, is, what am I thinking the of? The Sneeches
1: are the Sneeches on the beaches with the stars on their bellies.
0: Oh, them. Okay, interesting. I don't yeah. know what I want if uh, for a third season of this. I don't know. Um, I know that as a kid and and as a father, in turn, I I have read I can read with my eyes shut. Maybe there's something there.
1: <laughs> can you podcast with your eyes shut?
0: I have frequently. Especially before there was a camera, and no one knew I was half asleep. So if you watch me and Dan's uh, last UFC coverage, I was trying desperately not to fall asleep. But I, 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 I put up a, I, I cut up a TikTok out of that, and you could actually see my eyes shutting, and me doing this. <laughs> so yes, I can podcast with my eyes shut, and have on many occasions. All right. Um, with that said, that tonight. We'll do another animated show, this one for adults. Uh, David Wright, finally getting his request answered. We'll be reviewing Star Trek Lower Decks, which I'm almost done watching. It's a pretty funny show. Um, next week, uh, <laughs> Alexis and I have already decided we are not doing Upload, which is fine.
1: Um, not Nothing against Upload. It's an awesome show, and I'm looking forward to watching it. It's simply that we're both a little too busy, and we realized maybe – taking a break and having a little more time to enjoy the show is probably a good thing. Still can't recommend enough. If you got it, there's another streaming service, Amazon or prime video.
0: Yep. Um, So the super blog team up is this week. It's celebrating the anniversary of image comics. So myself and Evan Bevins on Sunday night, will be doing a comic script for term life, a movie on Netflix and uh, based on the comic book from image Uh, nothing Monday, um, but I'm sure the other guys will have something out there for W2M. Um, we also have, uh, Tuesday, You Hollywood. Gavin's coming back. We'll be doing, we'll be reviewing The Northman. Uh, it'll be myself, him, and Robert Winfrey. Uh, we had a big change in our Metal Hammer of Doom, because I can't read a schedule anymore, apparently. Uh, so instead of doing romstein we'll be doing Lordy Spooky Extravaganza Spectacular. Um, on Thursday, uh, myself and Pat Mullen will be reviewing How I Met Your Father, starring, uh, his, um... His most wonderful dreamboat, uh, Hillary Duff. Um, there's an unspoken issues apparently dropping on Friday for Daredevil number 321. And then Saturday is the triptop trivia for Wizards and Magic. Uh, and in the evening, in theory, provided uh, uh, provided the, uh, provided I actually get to it on like what happened Saturday where I promised we were doing a boxing thing and then we weren't. Uh, In theory, I'll be reviewing, uh, doing an alternative commentary for Oscar Valdez versus Shakur Stevenson, which will be on ESPN. Um, This past week, we had uh, re-airings of Hop, the alternative commentary we did last Easter, uh, my kids and I, which was a lot of fun. We re-aired our Madagascar Long Road to Ruin, and my son and I did an alternative commentary for Ben-Hur, which was freaking hilarious. Hope everyone enjoyed that. My son and I had a good time with it. And Wait, we how get, long
1: is Ben-Hur again?
0: Like two and a half hours. And at one point, we were like, we're going to be late for Easter dinner. I have to fast forward through this.
1: I, I, I was going to say, it's like, I, your son's awesome and everything, but it's like, you kept him commentating through Ben-Hur for two <laughs>
0: and a half hours. Again, we got to a point where both of us was like, fast forward already. Get to the chariot race. Get to the chariot race. <laughs> I'm going to cut the chariot race part out and put that on TikTok. Honestly, don't even listen to the alternative commentary. Just listen to us <laughs> screaming at the chariot race. Like, oh, that horse! Um,
1: yeah, it's got, I mean, you talk about how your son gets bored about certain things. Like, he actually paid attention through Ben Hur?
0: Uh, Kids he, got a better
1: attention span than I do!
0: He was a well-behaved child, but it was rough. <laughs> um, speaking of well-behaved children, myself, Robert, and Jason did a review for How to Train Your Dragon 2. That re-aired on Monday. And then in the evening... Uh, speaking of well behaved children, Sean Comer and I reviewed Valerian in the City of a Thousand Planets, John Carter, and Bob Arella. Um, the, the Teasleys, both Jason and Amber, were on our Fantastic Beast, The Secrets of Dumbledore review. Plus, we had a review of Kung Fu Panda 3 re air. The anniversary of the Deepwater Horizon BP oil spill was this past week. So, uh, we re aired our review of that movie. And then we also reviewed Ghost Impera last night. This weekend, uh, nothing on Friday. Uh, We are definitely doing an alternative commentary for Tyson Fury versus Dillian White. I will absolutely be home for that. That'll be sometime in the late afternoon, early evening. So... Check that out. All right, Alexis, go ahead and do your plugs.
1: All right. So, yeah, we just did uh, April's edition of Tripped Up Trivia, which was all things wizards and magic. Had a lot of fun. Uh, You mentioned Amber Teasley guesting on for Secrets of Dumbledore. She also came on that show to talk because evidently no one knows Harry Potter quite like her. We had so much fun with that. Uh, That will be airing soon. And, of course, we're getting ready for May's Tripped Up Trivia. And every May we do the same thing. It is Sci-Fi Month. This is in honor of May the 4th Be With You, a.k.a. Star Wars Day. Uh, This is also officially the one-year anniversary of Tripped Up Trivia, because we started with Sci-Fi Month. We're looking forward to going back to that and realizing, oh, wait, we can't ask that question. We asked that last year. Darn it, Mm -hmm. we got to come up with something new. (laughs) So we are looking for contestants for that. Um,
0: Robert wanted to point out that I was talking about the 2016 Ben-Hur, not the one with Charlton Heston.
1: It's still two and a half hours.
0: <laughs> Please continue.
1: <laughs> uh, so, if you are interested in being a contestant on uh, Trypto Trivia for Sci Fi Month or maybe for June, which the theme is going to be Pixar, uh, this is to tie into the upcoming release of Lightyear. Uh, looking forward to hearing Chris Evans take over for Tim Allen as a younger Buzz Lightyear. I think that's, I think the film's actually going to be quite good watch it bombs and blows up and that that comment blows up on my face
0: (laughs) i don't think so i think people are i don't know with the the way people the way half the universe seems to be reacting to disney's take on um lgbtq community stuff it's hard to say i i I wasn't
1: even gonna bring that up
0: I, i i only i only bring it up because like half the universe seems to want to boycott Disney because of it. The other half seems accepting of it. And then there's another half, three halves, um, that are just like, I just like the Toy Story stuff, and so do my kids. I don't want to get into any of this political crap.
1: Did you hear that Disney just had their self-governing uh, rights revoked?
0: <laughs> no, I didn't. What happened?
1: Florida basically said if you're going to go against what we're doing, that we're not going to give you these rights anymore.
0: That's big, man. I read a. I I think when I read... Um, the Swamp, which was like the development of Central Florida, it talked about how it was either that or Disney War, where basically the entire plot of land that Disney is built on is its own town with it with, yep. with, with its own like fire department and everything else. So if they got that taken away from them, that's actually huge. That's, that's a pretty big story.
1: Yeah, basically they got t- – okay, so Florida did the whole – don't say gay bill Mm -hmm. and a couple of other things and disney said we're not supporting this and then a bunch of uh you know conservatives started boycotting disney and then disney essentially said go ahead and do what you want i think mickey mouse is going to be around a lot longer than ron DeSantis. and florida's government essentially said oh you want to play hardball okay then guess what we hold the cards
0: there's a lot of people from very blue states moving into florida things will change over time but in the immediate still pretty red so it'll be an interesting fight to say the least
1: naturally so but anyways uh back to what we were saying with mm-hmm. the trip to trivia so May is Sci-Fi Month. June is Pixar Month. If you are interested in being a contestant on our game, go ahead and follow us and hit us up on Facebook or Twitter. Let us know. We're always looking for contestants who want to have a lot of fun. The trip, recording for trivia is always a blast. And now for the uh, plugs that actually pay the bills, because somebody still doesn't pay me for this.
0: Shut the fuck up <laughs> speaking of <laughs> <laughs> speaking of things that pay listen shut up for a minute um i want to remind everybody that we one of our great sponsors that pays us money is um amazon music unlimited for which we are giving away a free 30-day trial of the amazon music unlimited service that is get amazonmusic.com slash w2m network again that's get amazonmusic.com slash w2m network uh, you can stream all of the sissy pansy music that Alexis listens to, or all the great, or all the great music that I listen to. That we talk about in metal hammer of doom for men, big meaty men slapping meat and listen to metal. That's what we like over here on the Rattle and Broadcasting Network. Um, so you can you can stream it unlimitedly on us, big meaty men podcasting and slapping meat. At getamazonmusic.com/slash w2m network. And as you were saying, madam,
1: well, next time I got a chance, I'm not giving you Sam Jones's autograph.
0: Oh, <laughs> that hurts my feelings.
1: <laughs> well, you called my music taste sissy.
0: <laughs> I, I You said something to me the last time I asked you that question. I'm like, who? So, yeah, I, I don't know what you listen to
1: fair enough okay uh so yes on my personal plugs honeysuckle rose creations for fashion meets fandom at the intersection of geek and cheek i am a comic-con vendor i am a jewelry designer currently rocking my earrings that are actually made out of battleship tokens that is our main thing with honeysuckle rose we upcycle game pieces into unique one-of-a-kind accessories um, as soon as i am uh, done being tortured here by mark i am heading over to bartle hall in kansas city for planet comic-con this is our 10 year anniversary with this show with this convention so excited love planet comic-con as soon as they're done we're heading down to springfield missouri for vision con then we're getting ready to come actually head back up to st louis for the fan expo there uh that we've done shows in st louis before never done the fan expo It's going to be, I'm pretty sure it's going to be a lot of fun. In the meantime, if you can't make it out to any of these shows, our stores are fully stocked on Etsy and handmade at Amazon. And you can follow us on uh, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. That's honeysuckle rose creations, the intersection of geek and chic.
0: All right, folks. I want to thank Alexis Hannah for hanging out with me today um, on this year TV party tonight. Uh, Check us out again very soon. Please check out our discord. There's a link to the W2M discord in this podcast uh you can interact with us alexis knows shit tons about animation you can talk to her about it she's now very active on our discord uh you can interact with anybody uh that you that i've had as guests or co-hosts panelists etc they're all in the, well they're not all in there some of them are refusing <laughs> there, just, there
1: was uh, there was some dissension basically <laughs> people saying it's like well can you still reach me on facebook messenger <laughs> then why yeah, don't here, i just stay here
0: near full-scale rebellion um but (laughs) that's
1: not to the levels of yuki and zukiya but getting pretty damn close Uh,
0: yeah well i i I think i finally just gave up like do whatever you people want i'm just doing as i'm told in any case i've been told tell you about the discord uh we're there there's individual sub discords for all the different shows so if you um want to interact with us we will interact with you i check it daily i have it set to my phone um i'm in a few actually a couple of different discords that are that are heavily populated and just another way to f- for for to build engagement. So if you like our show and you want to talk to us uh but messenger or snapchat or you know <laughs> whatever is not your thing, TikTok, we're on Discord now. There's a link in the pr- provided for you in the description of this podcast. For the rest of you people, uh if you found this but are not subscribed, please subscribe to our YouTube page. Uh, And then for everybody else, hey, remember when this just used to be an audio medium? Well, that too. (laughs) Please find us on Spotify or Apple Music or Google Podcasts or any podcast catcher that you like. We're there. We're W2M until we're something else. Uh, Please like and subscribe. Leave a comment if you so desire. And now I'm done. (laughs) I'm done talking now. Be well. It's
1: like, please breathe. Yeah.
0: Be well, be safe, and behave.